So we've had some good feedback on our InsaneRadioDeals.com fast takes, and we appreciate you sharing those so we can get to them now in the fast lane. Uh, But one of the key points that goes into something that has been shared out on social media, and we're always grateful whenever we see thoughts and uh, you're gracious enough to share them with us, is sportsmanship is something that I don't think you can fake it per se, but I wish athletes would understand the fine line. I, again, I'm okay with playing hard and playing physical in a sport and giving it your all and you're pushing the line and sometimes going across it. And I understand, particularly in a sport like NASCAR, where you can't really talk to the opponent during the contest, so the pushing and shoving that might happen during the game, outside of using your car, you can't really say stuff directly to your competitor. So there is that kind of cooling off period that other sports might have, that in NASCAR you find drivers uh, confronting each other and expressing their displeasure. But for the most part, I do believe there's some value in the sportsmanship angle As much as it's part of your DNA, and if you can find a way to put that into your repertoire, and it's not easy, but if you can find a way to work that in, it's it's really admirable and really neat to see. And I thought it was as much as anything on display last night. Because here's the final call from ESPN and ABC of Trey's Miami Heat seeing their valiant run come to an end, and there's a lot of silence that we'll explain afterwards. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. We played about 10 seconds. There was still 10 more seconds of that from ESPN and ABC, that cheering with no commentary as the emotion was playing out. Some of that is designed because they will, the announcers and Mike Breen is as good of a play-by-play broadcaster as there is right now in sports. You know, is he the best of all time in any sport? That's debatable for a different time. But he's up there in terms of NBA announcers all time and certainly is the best, I would say, right now in terms of a raw play-by-play announcer. But a lot of what they do after the initial horn sounds is that ESPN and any production, Fox, CBS, NBC, whomever it is, they've got plenty of microphones around the players and coaches. Take note of that because I'll throw this out there. Las Vegas probably will close out the Florida Panthers tonight for the Stanley Cup final, and the game is in Vegas, so they'll have that similar emotion of the crowd feeding into what you get from players. Be very curious, and Kenny Albert's good as well. He's not Doc Emmerich good, the best hockey play-by-play announcer ever, but he's good, so watch if that ends up happening. The level of silence once the final call is made to capture players saying things to each other, the, you know, I love you, the we bleeping did it, maybe it doesn't get bleeped out, but, you know, that type of emotion that comes out. The type of emotion ESPN captured yesterday on that soundbite that we just played. 10 of the 20 seconds we played, we cut it off before the rest of it. But about 20 seconds after Mike Breen's call ended, it was Nicole Jokic going through the line and congratulating every single player on the Miami Heat. Every single one of them. And just being a good sport in that moment. Look, I'll be fortunate to say I've been on both sides of the equation for devastating losses and performances in running and exhilarating moments as well. I run, that's my big thing. Um, And in both of those, 
it's been really cool to just experience that and to see that. And for me, it's always been, look, regardless of the outcome, if you don't win, you congratulate whoever does. And even if you do win, you congratulate those that may have pushed you. And sometimes you're in the middle and it's both sides. And I get it. The stakes are higher. The leverage is higher. But it is really refreshing to see that. And it's not going to gain a lot of headlines. You're probably not likely to see a ton of it, although, to their credit, there were some personalities after the game last night that were sharing that particular video on social media. So, to their credit, some folks were willing to put that out there. You don't get that a lot. Certainly not in this MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, or, to the sports talk, embrace debate style world. I mean, they're all kind of the same. Where it's you argue, you argue, you argue, you never give an inch, you never do anything like that, you never concede defeat. Sometimes, you know, just being true to who you are can go a long way. And maybe it's part of that narrative of never conceding, but maybe sometimes your personality is to be hard and to play hard and play the right way, but yet when it's over, it's over and you're a good sport about it. Like multiple truths can exist. I mean, out of all the world of sports, maybe, maybe I'm old school in this regard, But I grew up in an era, I know, back in my day, which really isn't that long ago. It's like the 90s and early 2000s. But back in my day, I would watch series as the New Jersey Devils and New York Rangers. or the They played each other this postseason, though. They did this postseason. And they played each other in many prior postseasons. And you're talking about hockey. In hockey. 7.30 tonight right here, you can listen to the final game of the Stanley Cup final. That is correct. And we'll see if you get the same type of call that we played from the TV broadcast on the radio. It's a little different because you're trying to fill airtime on the radio. The, the visuals can't do the talking for you. But ESPN's visual last night was Nicole Jokic going through the line, congratulating every Miami Heat player. You kind of have to describe that if you're doing play-by-play so you can let the moment breathe a little bit. But then your listeners want to know what's going on because they can't see it. So you have to do it a little bit differently on radio. But what's so cool is you don't see that very often. And yes, to your point in hockey, this is not expected, I would think, to be a long series. I'm not a hockey expert, but again, kind of get the feeling Vegas closes it out tonight. Seems like they've been the better team than the Florida Panthers, as great as the goalkeeping has been with Sergei Bobrovsky, if I'm getting his name pronounced right. Just say, just call him Bob. Sergei Bob. Who, by the way, used to be a flyer, and they let him go. Wasn't good enough. Oh, another one of those great Philadelphia evaluation stories. But the thing about that is, in hockey, Rangers and Devils, this year or many prior years, Flyers, Penguins, Bruins, Maple Leafs, any mixture of those teams, beating the ever-living stuffing out of each other for six to seven games, and what they were all able to do afterwards before celebrating with each other, getting in a handshake line. Heck, they've got documentaries on it. The Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche. How often they used to play in the late 90s. Physical, knockdown, drag-out fight series. Patrick Waugh of the Avalanche. Sergei Fedorov and Steve Iserman in the group in Detroit. They were able to shake hands. They literally ran into each other, knocked teeth out, beat each other up, slammed each other into the boards, and got into literal altercations, fights on ice, for four, five, six, seven games. And guess what? Afterwards, there was a level of sportsmanship they could still exhibit. If they can do it, and you can see it in the Super Bowl as well, you can find it in other areas of sports. I know. I'm holding people to a high standard. Imagine that. So yeah, I I thought it was awesome to see that last night. Matt chimes in, by the way, and we're always grateful for your feedback. 
Yes, I am a Go Blue fan all day, but Coach Tom Izzo tells it like it is. There have been a couple of post-game handshake incidents in college basketball this past season that would be, well, how do we say this? The getting rid of the tradition and the idea of a handshake line, a bad idea. Matt adds, by the way, let's get rid of competition too. Let's do away with accountability while we're at it. Heck, might as well throw out respect for others and learning to lose the right way. So, on and so on and so forth. Matt adds, by the way, sounds like me with this one. I remember the good old days when you would take an L, shake opponent's hand, look him in the eyes and walk out of the gym with your head high. Pretty simple. Life is hard. Let's quit giving young people an easy way out. What's your take on this? Well, we just shared our take. I'm with Matt on this. I love it. I love the idea of accountability afterwards. You can compete your heart out. You can bleed literally in some cases because you and your opponent are playing as hard as possible within the rules or maybe both of you are skirting a little bit above and beyond the rules. But inevitably, it's awesome when you're able to still hold a level of perspective after the competition. And no one said it's easy. And yes, when money is at stake, but I'll go back to the sports that we've seen before. Nicole Jokic in the NBA playoffs, high paid NBA player, NHL playoffs. Those guys are well compensated. College basketball coaches should be able to handle themselves with decorum in class, much like the brands of college players. If you're going to be a college player profiting off NIL, then consider yourself a brand and act accordingly. If that's the case, it shouldn't be that hard to display a level of decorum, especially when you want people to trust in you and what you're able to do. I understand the heat of the moment. There is a time where I can respect that that's the case, but maybe even more so, again, Go back to the NASCAR comments. I give more leeway in a sport like NASCAR because you can't talk directly to your competitors during the event. So the closest time you have a chance to voice your displeasure, if it's not wrecking someone on the track or rear-ending them or taking out you know, their rage against you and vice versa, the closest opportunity is immediately afterwards. And you do need to confront yourself. I- I'll give you a pass in that. No doubt about it. But in other sports where you're beating each other up regularly, I get it. Trash talk's part of the game. Hard play is part of the game. All of that. But inevitably... You can still look them in the eye, whether you win or lose, and say, good job. And, and it is a lost art, which is something that really should not be all that lost. Something that also is a lost art for some is the quality of cooking that you should be experiencing when you grill out. It shouldn't be lost, though, because you don't have to lose it. You can find it regularly. When you go to Overstreet Ace Hardware, 221 in Forest, Lakeside Drive in Lynchburg. Overstreet Ace Hardware, they've got Kamado Joe, Trader, Green Egg, and Weber Grills. And they all come with free assembly. That's the difference over Street Ace Hardware. Um, what's also mentioned, and, and again, hard to appreciate certain things, is the fact that in this day and age, it's drama that often sells, it's controversy that often sells, and even if it's good, it's the flair and pizzazz. Sometimes you don't get that. And you know, if you keep not getting it, there's the hardest thing to respect, I would say in sports and competition, is the fact that some of the best out there, the grind that they go through to be as good as they are at their craft, and maybe I consider myself, I don't think I'm a leader or anything, but at anything that I do, but I'd like to say I'm solid at it, but a lot of times it feels like a grind. So I have an immense amount of respect for organizations like the Spurs in basketball when they were in their heyday, the Miami Heat and what they did this year. New England, in the heyday of Belichick and certainly Tom Brady and how he became the greatest quarterback of all time in the NFL. Maybe he'll get passed by Mahomes or Burrow or someone else. That will be written over time, of course. 
But, you know, whether it's those, Alabama Crimson Tide football, anybody in that category, it's hard to be at that elite level. You know, I look back over the, this past weekend at tennis and the fact that Novak Djokovic now is the number one Grand Slam holder in men's tennis. He's tied with Serena right behind Margaret Court, who's got 24 for all of tennis, men's or women's. And it's not out of the question that if it's not this year, certainly in the next year or two, that Novak Djokovic could easily pass everybody on that list and do it. The guy doesn't play with a lot of pizzazz. I, I respect the heck out of him. Never thought the guy has gotten a fair shake in terms of fans. And I get it. The guy's kind of weird in terms of his dietary ways. He manufactures drama during a match. So rather than having like the grace of Roger Federer or the tenacity, but being able to keep it together the way Rafael Nadal has, Djokovic's the kind of guy where it's like, if there's not drama, he's uncomfortable. So he has to manufacture it. And it kind of is an edginess that can take away from the joy of fans. But the ability to do what he's done as often as he has and do it when fans don't often want him to win. I think, frankly, because a lot of fans love the grace of Roger Federer. Again, the tenacity of Rafael Nadal. Djokovic, not really any of those. The grit and grind is not something that people laud. You know, my wife and I were watching the French Open over the weekend, and she was like, why is Tom Brady in his box? And I said, why isn't he in the box? Like, if any player out there that could relate to Novak Djokovic being the best in their craft, Brady in football, Djokovic now in men's tennis. I mean, if anybody could relate to it, it is Tom Brady. The guy made his whole career on winning on the margins. That's what Tom Brady is known for. That's what Novak Djokovic is. And a lot of people didn't like Tom Brady, especially until he got to Tampa Bay and maybe showed a lighter side of his personality. Novak Djokovic's kind of hard. Heck, he's hard on his own team. He mentions that. But the fans often don't love him and appreciate him. And I think it's a shame to a certain extent. Maybe if you don't like his political views, I get that. If you don't like the fact that he manufactures drama, I can understand that. But fans boo him regularly. And imagine imagine your team never plays at home. They're always on the road and always getting booed. Imagine you do your craft and you're never actually in a friendly environment. You're always overcoming. Like the Los Angeles Chargers. That level of adversity. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers are a great example. They're away at home and they're away away. Novak Djokovic. Here was his response when probed on that. Then you've been booed. Hello Novak, first congrats, and then you've been booed by the public uh, several times, including when you won the second games of Carlos in the third set. Uh, how do you react to that? I don't mind. It's not the first, probably not the last time, so I just keep winning. I love it! That's like a mic drop moment at the end. I just keep winning. That's what you do! I mean, look, it's, it literally is the same thing as a Tom Brady as a Nick Saban, as a Bill Belichick, as any of the greats in their sport. NASCAR is another example. Look, I was not a Jimmy Johnson fan. I'm a Dale Earnhardt Sr. fan, personally, growing up. But I respect Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss and what they've done. Because it's a similar mindset and approach. The ability to win when not a lot of people are rooting for you. And the ability to win on the margins, where you're looking for every little game. It's hard to do that. And across all walks of sports, that's something that also is not nearly as appreciated. Share your thoughts, Fastlane, Headlane, Facebook, Twitter, and still we're back tomorrow afternoon, 5 to 6.